Black Top Pulpit, man. Douglas Reformed Church. Uh, just so our listeners and viewers know, I'm Andrew and this is Ken. We are the elders at Douglas Reformed Church. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And this is Black Top Pulpit where we talk about the sermon from Sunday and hopefully make a few clarifications that need to be made, if clarifications need to be made, and uh, see if we can bring some application down to the black top, well, down to our lives. We're on we're carpet, at, but, you know, the yeah, idea this, this still isn't, This isn't quite a black top. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what did you think, man? What, what were your thoughts as you, as, you, as you listened to the sermon? This really is one of those passages that has gotten me kicked out of churches. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's a better place to start than my my reflection generally on the, the sermon. I, I think I think that's that's really applicable for this passage is why is it so controversial and I, I okay. Maybe not crazy controversial. So this isn't like a crazy this is maybe a, a, a you know, a sect of Christianity that mm-hmm. that looks at this and has different views, which we could talk about that too. What's the name in that? There's a I'm not going to spiral. You, you, you tell me first. Like, <laughs> expand on that a little bit because that's more interesting than my thoughts. What the heck did you get kicked out of church for? For a uh, First Corinthians nine four. <laughs> oh yeah, just so our listeners know, we were in First Corinthians nine verses nineteen through twenty seven. So you could look at that. That's that's the passage we're referring to here. I think I think the big idea is people really love to be religious. Mm. Uh, religious. Right, um, people really love to think they're better than other people, and as soon as you start preaching and teaching crazy stuff like we need to love the world in a real, every church claims to love people. Right, uh, every church I've ever been in, and yeah. claims to be the most loving group of people. You can walk into many churches around the world. And feel like you're at home from the moment you walk in the door because mm. people are nice, right? Um, but when it comes to actually loving the world, uh, condescending to the world rather than judging the world, man, all of a sudden you have to start talking about politics differently. That's what got me in trouble at our last place of service, mm. right? Because of a passage like this, all of a sudden, super hyper Republicans are getting their toes stepped on because what? I have to love those nasty Democrats? No, oh, man. Right? Don't even say the L word. Don't even. Those. <laughs> uh, uh. I have to identify. Where's with, my sensor button? I, I have to identify with <laughs> liberals. Um, but as soon as you start teaching stuff like that, yeah. And people get their toes stepped on, and they've identified Christianity with the Republican Party. Well, now you've made an enemy just by preaching the Word of God. Yeah, right. Uh, in fact, I made several enemies by preaching this passage. This was in at the beginning of 2020, uh, and uh, several people never forgave me just for teaching the plain meaning of the text. Right. So you have people leaving the church. And they leave the church for the purpose of making me look bad so I eventually get kicked out, right? Uh, and that's, I've experienced that in a few different places. Uh, sometimes it's a passage like this. Sometimes it's a passage like um, in Luke's Gospel. And I think I mentioned this on Sunday, right? 
in Luke's gospel where Jesus teaches, don't fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the body and throw the soul into hell. Right. And people don't want to believe that God throws people into hell. And so you make enemies there. Uh, I have not made many friends by being a biblicist. Sure. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, what kind of loving God would, would send people to hell? Right. I mean, that's a very, very uh, pragmatic approach to what love would be, you know, from a humanistic perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you love somebody, you wouldn't have anything ill, you know, happen to them or anything uh, right. wrong. Right. Well, and, and I also think people, instead of like sincerely loving others... I also think people would rather have this niceness facade, which comes across as flattery. People right? or the the God they worship? Um, the people themselves like to have a facade, yeah. right? A facade of niceness, um, and it comes across as flattery. And like, I, I'm mm. going to be really nice to you and say good things about you. Um, but that turns into two-facedness, right? And double being double-tongued, um, secret pugnaciousness. But then in front of people, you're really nice, mm. um, and that kind of just wears on people too. It, it's that's a it's a it's a manipulation tactic. Sure. We talked about some other manipulation tactics earlier <laughs> um, before we started the show. But this there's a lot of them, isn't about that? There are a lot of them. But when you talk about manipulating people rather than loving people, I think people, most people, I think, would rather be manipulative and seem caring and loving and nice rather than actually loving people, which means contextualizing the gospel and identifying with uh, those who differ from us. Right. I, I love the the reality that can't be denied here. when When we talk about... Our, our theological bent, which is you know towards Calvinism, which mm-hmm. we would say is the gospel, biblical right? Christianity. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we acknowledge too that there's there are these sects of every different you know, S E C S T C T S. Yeah, different sects. It, it seems. It seems like yeah. Even um, I mean, there are different sects groups. too. But yeah, there are well. There are an infinite <laughs> amount of sexes, right? That's what we're saying these days. Um, but no, there's different sex within uh, these sects now. And unfortunately, it seems to happen, right? Every every group that breaks off and breaks off and breaks off. And, and here, here the gospel talks about unity and having one mind. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I do love about this is if, you know, if we try to take... Calvinism down a wrong road practically and say, well, we're not supposed to, well, like, why bother evangelizing? Why why leave the church to go outside the walls of the church and, and exhaust ourselves doing things dangerous or expensive or or uh, attractive or whatever? Um, if, if God saves who he desires to save, which he does, then why, why would we do the work? And <laughs> And then you get texts like this from Paul. So that you like, don't disqualify yourself from salvation. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Where'd that come from, Paul? People don't read it that way, though. I know. I mean, it's simple. It's, it, I myself should be disqualified. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you do. So if you are the hyper-Calvinist type, which, oh my gosh, there are so many things wrong with 
what we have called hyper Calvinism today, yeah. right? Um, so to believe in the doctrines of grace, great, good, yeah, right, amen, amen to that. The five sole, yes, oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But to believe then that our works all of a sudden don't matter mm. in any way, especially when it comes to evangelism, that's not an appropriate way to apply the doctrine of God's sovereignty and providence and election. Right. Right. And so you just think about election in general um, and covenantal theology. So like Calvinists historically are reformed and covenantal in their thinking, right? So you even take covenantal theology. Well, look at the typology through the Old Testament. How is God working through a nation? Now he's working through a church. How is he going to work through you or how's he working through you if you're not working right uh, it doesn't quite work right um so if you if you're not working that means he's not working through you which means according to your own theology you're not elect okay so we need to think about this mm. right fully those are some tough comments okay? like. <laughs> yeah we need, we need to think about this fully and not just look at one side of the conversation yeah. and this is why um Calvinists who really love Jesus historically have been the greatest missionaries we've ever had because all of a sudden evangelism isn't about the work depending on me so I have to go out and perform but it's about me honoring the God I love so much who loved me first and because I want to honor him I'm going to do everything I can to advance his kingdom on earth yeah I also love the apostles inability to shut up I mean, I mean, th- this can get yeah. so many people into trouble, right? Oh, but, man. but really, what's the heart of this issue? And I, and I think this is where, when we look at this kind of offshoot of of Calvinism, and you have them every different group of theology. But um, if you're not proclaiming the salvation of Jesus Christ, do you love him? Do you know him? I mean, how can you how can you know that we Truly, are creatures right. by a God who has been wronged by us, who we have offended, who we have betrayed, who we who we deserve to be punished by, mm-hmm. and to have that God make the the full way to get back to Him, the full the full way to be saved from our destruction, mm-hmm. from our sin, from our rebellion, and. That ability is just to hear the good news that we're to not be able to stop saying Jesus is the Lord and Savior. You're rich. He's holy. Put your faith in Him, and you will be saved from His wrath. <laughs> like, how do you stop? How do you stop saying that? Say that would be like um, the man who walked into a bar. <laughs> All right, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Uh, this isn't actually one of those cliche jokes. Just the, <laughs> I don't know. So, so a married man walks into a bar, right? And, uh, well, sadly, this is something that quite a few people experience or do is sin against their wives, mm. right? Hot little mama comes up and sits next to him, and they take off the wedding ring, right? If they you pop, can. They pop it right if you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Why? Even if they're not, even if they don't intend to do anything afterward, you're, you're, you're not providing that testimony about 
who you belong to. Right. right. If you love your wife, you don't do that. If you love God, you don't hide your testimony about him. Right. It's the same, simple as that. same thing. Yeah. You know. Mm. Plain and simple. Um, which means, like, if we ever are just so locked up in our local church that we are separate from the world and we don't like people who are different than us coming in, there's a huge problem. Um, that's the equivalent of cheating on our wives. That's, that's cheating on our Lord, our mm. Savior, Christ, the one who saved us, the, the groom, Right. Um, we're cheating on him. That's what we're doing. Um, we shouldn't call it anything else. If we don't care enough about our community to condescend to them, not be condescending of them, right? But condescend to others, right. contextualize, um, care about them, have a drink with with people, eat with, with people, um, be like people instead of being super Christian, super pious. Um, we are... We're cheating on our Lord and Savior. Right. I mean, I think most believers still acknowledge today that we are still under the exhortation, the command of Jesus to make disciples of all nations. And, you know, barring a few, which I'm, I'm sure there are still today, um, we acknowledge that we go forth to conquer the nations as his disciples, as ambassadors. Mm-hmm. We, we proclaim the gospel. People are saved. Nations are conquered. Governments are conquered. You know, all all hey, all types hey, of hey. spheres of what, life are conquered. What, what because about, what about our dispensational friends who are listening to this right now? Well, we can shake hands and say, "Preach the gospel." <laughs> we just we just know what it's actually accomplishing, <laughs> and and we could be friends with that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really funny to me when somebody who is uh, confessionally dispensational. Right, pre 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 millennial dispensational, yeah. <laughs> and they'll they'll say uh, you need to keep yourself unstained from the world. The world is going to hell in a handbasket, but go out and make disciples. So it's like mm, you realize you on one hand you're telling people that there there's no way they can possibly take over the world, and then you turn around in the next phrase and say go take over the world. It doesn't <laughs> quite make sense. <laughs> Go take over the world, but you're going to fail at it. You're going to fail. You're going to fail epically. Which is why we... Don't work too hard at it. Well, well, maybe we've stumbled onto something here, right? This could be why so many people in modern day America are afraid to share their faith. Or or why they are always wondering um, how they're going to fail the next time they try and why so many people are not passionate about sharing the gospel. Mm. It's because of this bad theology. Now I can look at somebody who's a dispensational and call him a brother in Christ. Sure. And still recognize that I think that's really bad theology. Yeah. And it's doing some harm in the church. It has done it's doing some a lot harm of harm. The, for the last yeah. for the last what, 120 years. Right. Something like that. It's done some harm in the church. Yeah, I mean, I mean from just a practical level. Like we're we're already talking about is is if you think you're defeated on your way out, that does something serious to your psyche the same way it does to where if you said, no, you are going to prosper. You're, you are going out. You are going to conquer the world for Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, we acknowledge, too, like that. What's, what's this time frame? Who knows? 
You know, he can darken America, which surely seems like is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't affect my eschatology at all because he could darken this place, judge America for the for the blood stained, you know, hands that we have of all the unborn, and and a hundred years can go by in that judgment, and then he still work out the the conquering of this nation well, for his ultimate glory and, the and that wrath, doesn't change anything the there. wrath of god being poured out in the present tense on the nations of the world that's evidence of his kingdom expanding right like your kingdom expands what do you do you take out your enemies right that's what you do and yeah. that's what's happening um the the and people will say look at the signs of the times right We'll look at the signs of the times. Uh, Christ is probably returning soon. Everybody get ready. The rapture is going to happen like it's right around the corner. Like, you see this most all the time on social oh, media. Yeah. People don't realize like Christ already came and established his kingdom. And maybe that's why the wrath of God is being poured out. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> you know? like, I mean, we, we, we connect these puzzle pieces. And, yeah. Just kind of fits. How did together. we get there from First Corinthians nine? Um, I think because we get excited about the kingdom of God, every Maybe. conversation goes yeah, that way. So. <laughs> um, backtracking, you talked about making disciples of all nations. I think that's where it started. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. being faithful to the call, to evangelize, um, yeah, and then that that becomes the kingdom of God. That is that is the kingdom of God. We are in His kingdom, and we are propagating it. Mm. Yeah, because we are evangelistic as Calvinists that we, we partner with you know, okay. all of that our Bible believers. That brings up an interesting question because there's a certain stigma now that um, accompanies the term evangelical. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure I like being called an evangelical because of what it has come to mean. I wouldn't call myself an evangelical. I am theologically. I'm, I'm, I Yeah, theologically I am certainly... An evangelical Christian, because yeah. I, I believe evangelism is important, right. and I think that's probably evangelical, right? Um, but I, I don't know if I want to be identified with majority evangelical Christianity because it's so lame and shallow, shallow, <laughs> filled with unsound doctrine, yeah. um, and a, and a an apathy toward anything that really has to do with being the church. People just want to go to church. They want to be religious, but they don't want to actually be the church. They don't want to actually, um, like we saw in the passage, relate to people and identify with people. Uh, Their their religion is entirely selfish. It's about their preferences, their expectations. If you're not like me, I don't want anything to do with you. For many in the church, it's about their political power within the within the body of believers. Um, it's about um, it's about having having a church that's their church instead of Christ's. Yeah. Well, my goodness, I don't know if I don't know if I see enough commitment at this point to even want to be significant in the church because of the abandonment of of what. And I would say the church very loosely. Let's not use that word. Let's, I mean, from from a professed religion and a gathering and mm-hmm. and you know a, you know what what am I thinking? Just the, the the practice of what you believe or what you were raised being uh, completely uh, unbiblical. So it's not the church. 
it's 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 the the thing that we turned it into over like we said the the, the past you know generation or two yeah. there was this overlap where being popular or powerful or influential in your your body of believers um, right. or or your religion um, was interesting but the the idea that we've we've propagated faith to be in God has been so shallow in mm-hmm. evangelicalism that that it, that it even even that desire to be something in mm-hmm. the churches has gone away because of the lack of interest of what church it supposedly is, yeah. which you probably couldn't even get much of a straight answer out of people probably today, even even from pastors. Yeah. Uh, oh well, uh, and when you propagate a culture that's the pastor and the peons, pastor and peons, <laughs> it's, it's that's just not a great culture to develop and propagate, right? right. Um, it's no surprise to me that you have so many people who claim to be Christians but don't don't see the benefit of being a part of a body of believers well it's because every body of believers they've witnessed has been worthless in its Christianity mm. right as a, as a church it's been worthless and not beneficial at all um, how, how do we get such revival in the church that churches begin to actually benefit their members. Um, most churches, I think, it's a waste of time to go there. Yeah. Um, how do how do we become a church, or how do we be such a church where it's it's actually beneficial for people to show up on Sunday morning? Like we want it to be beneficial. Right? Yeah. We keep we keep declaring as <laughs> right. as out of frame right now. Post Tenebras. <laughs> oh, after Lunch. darkness, light. Oh yeah, what a great. Um, yeah, we we. We proclaim the word because if if you can teach scripture and God doesn't save people through it and draw people like an attractional way, wow, I want to hear that. We don't want you. <laughs> and if if you don't want to hear God and his word, his truth, and, and be transformed by it, then we're not going to try to get you. Um, Wait. The only thing we want is, is to be faithful to Christ and see people come into fellowship and unity. You can't be unified around anything but the gospel and be a church. Right. So, well, and even through that, like, there's the promise, right? Um, what, what are the results if I start being a part of a healthy local church? What's the end result? Like, people want to know the end result. Being perfected. Yeah. Being perfected as a, a creature in Christ. That's the end result. If our church is healthy, right? Oh, so you're all about works righteousness, huh, Andrew? We're all about works righteousness. Read this passage. <laughs> Got to be perfect, man. huh? Read this passage. <laughs> only when Christ makes us perfect. That's right. It's, he's the only one. It's His can. command, right? Yeah, it is. You must be perfect. Um, be perfect as the Lord your God is perfect. And even in First Corinthians, already in chapter one, like verses nine and ten, yeah. Paul said, "I'm writing this to you so that you may be complete." Mm. That's the end result. You go to the doctor, the end result hopefully is a healthy life, right? Um, if you are sick and you take medicine, the end result hopefully is getting well. Yeah. You come to the great physician, you come to the God Almighty, 
you, you come to his local church, the body through whom he is working, the end result is perfection. And it's, it's, and it's his than, work. It's his work. Yeah. Um, but as we saw with Paul, there, there's a very real way in which we actively participate in the gospel. Um, it's not this passive, like, I'm just going to lay here and let God make me perfect. Nope, that's <laughs> not it. be what, John Owen, right? Be killing sin or be killing you. <laughs> that's <not> right. right. <laughs> um, I, I'd like to to highlight a little bit of something here, you know, as far as talking about this passage. What you brought up in the beginning of our conversation about you could say republicanism. You know, patriotism, nationalism. nationalism. Nothing wrong with being a patriot. Listen, right? but I love my country. Mm. I fight for my country. Yes, you do. And I would give my life to defend the people of this country. So, patriot here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a. I'm not a like Republican flag flying. You know, American. I, I. I would identify as a Republican as far as typical voting patterns right. and my my beliefs because you know. Republicans historically, typically, align with biblical values, and they don't exclusively. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I definitely don't like what's become, you know, a professing Christianity in the church linked unbreakably with politics, mm-hmm. um, because it's 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 definitely easy to Human say politics. You what? It's a human politics. Human right? politics. Because obviously, yeah. Christ is king, and his kingdom is expanding. Like that's a, that's a politi- <laughs> right? that's a political. That's a pretty political statement. That's a very <laughs> political statement. So, 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 get on the Jesus flag, you know, party. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but this is a thing, like, and this is hard for for us American. Americans. <laughs> I don't know. Where, where's my Merkin. AR? I need, a, I need yeah. my AR right here. <laughs> so this this is something where you know I love my freedom. I love my country. I love you know I love guns and and what I'll, you know meat and, and coffee and whiskey. Like I'm an American by heart, right? But but then we we come to these passages where we gotta we gotta we gotta slow down and stay in Scripture, be rooted in Scripture, because we see Paul here is like. Though I'm free from all, I've made myself a servant to all. So here, everything everything is legal for me. You know, I could I could I could go out and and let's use the term loosely. I could do what I want. Yeah. You know, we've been set free for for freedom. Christ has set us free. Yeah. And and this is the thing that that I think culturally we're at a little bit of conflict when it comes to being American, being free, and and then realizing, hey man, are you are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Because if you're a Christian, it's not like, you know, again, this whole motto, God, country, family. Like, no, this isn't a list of priorities. This is like, if you are, if you are saved, yeah. you, belo- you are a slave of Christ. You are Certainly. his. And, and, and like, you, you would live and die for him over all else. And, then, and here, the heart of what it is to be a Christian is saying, I, I am set free, and, and now... For your sake and for the sake of the kingdom, I'm going to be a servant to all people, you know. And then, like setting your rights aside as an American, as a free man, don't want to abuse this because I actually just read this really atrocious article from a pastor yeah. um, talking about you know why why believers should submit to mask mandates and vaccine mandates and do all this stuff that 
unbiblically submits to the government, you know, because we just Romans thirteen everything, you know. Um, but but here's 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 the the heart of his article that had substances. We're here um, and not snatched from this earth yet, or and made in the new earth because God is still saving people mm-hmm. for His kingdom. And as we as we live and work here in this fallen and broken world, yes, we're we're conquering the world for Christ, but but we we are still among the world to be in the world, not of the world. It, and we have to go to them. We have to we have to love them. We have to lay down our rights. Our rights. I can do what I want, but but I love you. I love you, and yeah. that's huge. And that's the heart. Huge. Of what it is to be a believer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and a point can be made there too, like this liberty that we have in the United States of America, I, I can do what I want. That is a great picture of the liberty we have in Christ, but a clarification needs to be made there, right? Christ actually changes our desires. Right. So if you belong to him, so right. So it's, so it's not just me going out and boozing it up and right. part, you know, <laughs> doing all that. It's Christ actually changes my desires, mm. gives me a desire to control my body and to discipline my body. That's right. Uh, so that, um, so that I am made perfect through that. So I am doing what I want. I'm. I'm I do. I get to do everything I want to do. Mm. But Christ has given me a new set of desires that is entirely different from the flesh, from the from the old me, which which died at the moment of conversion. That person died, and so I don't desire to do the things that I do that I did then. Right. Um, but I am more free. Now that's kind of cool to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not this heavy, like, burden religious system with a bunch of rules. It's Christ is writing the law in my heart. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so we could forget about the Old Covenant, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. This next week. <laughs> forget about the Old <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we can forget about the Old Covenant. <laughs> Let's hope not. Right. Um, but it, again... It explains so much in our in our churches today, mm-hmm. um, because if if you don't know the old covenant, the former covenant, you don't understand the new one. Um, that's why everywhere you read, what are they doing? They're pointing back. It's written. It's written. Haven't we done this? This has been our practice always. Like, like what? What practice? Like, if you if if you don't know what what the practice of God's people were for all of history, what are you what are you learning from it? Right. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, you, you forget about the you, what has been written. Mm. You don't know and fully understand what we have in the new covenant the blood of the new covenant in Christ. So, if you saw your pastor teacher after church 
in the parking lot boxing some random dude. <laughs> Like straight up. Oh, fist dude! Fight. I was gonna say, like, is he airboxing? Is that what we're like, getting at here? Like straight up, like straight up fist fight. Mm. What would your thought be? I, I, I cannot believe my pastor is doing that. Right? No, like, I, there. Oh no, I am not okay with my pastor doing that kind of thing. My my first thought might be to tackle the guy he's fighting because there's probably <laughs> something bad going on. <laughs> So Paul uses this illustration here, like I box in such a way as not beating the air. Right, right. That means there's an enemy. Yeah. That really needs to be beat down in a very intentional way. Okay. Right. <laughs> Who is this enemy? Arminians. I don't think so. I'm sorry. I don't think so. Get me to that verse because you, you there's another thing about that I you want to mention. You won't, you won't find me in the parking lot beating down Arminians. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a big... Or dispensationals. <laughs> or okay, de- definitely I, not. I recognize them as brothers and sisters even if I don't agree with that particular theology. Right? <laughs> um, beating the air. It's verse 26. Thank you. As one beating the air. So I don't run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. He's beating himself. Lest after preaching to others, I myself would be disqualified. Right? Beating himself. Yeah. You run in such a way that's discipline, that's conditioning. You're beating your body into submission. Yeah. He's boxing his own body, his human nature. Are we are we getting to Fight Club at this point? Fight Club? No. Well, I'm just saying, like, uh, should we should we be like beating ourselves up all the time? Literally, if I could use that language. Okay, like, I know that's a thing, right? What, it's what do you call it? it's like, a thing. Flagellation. Um, that's right. You can right? mispronounce that. <laughs> Flagellum. Flagellate. Flage. Flag- are you Flag- flagellating or flagellating? <laughs> Can you? <laughs> maybe, maybe as you whip yourself enough, you'll do both. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, it's uh, that was a real thing. Yeah, people did that. Martin Luther, yeah. you know, uh, he was exposed to that. Right. Um, he decided it wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe would have been worth it if it actually worked, but it, it didn't actually work to to get rid of his sin. Right. Yeah. Um, but then beating ourselves up too so every time we sin like making ourselves feel so guilty about it that we're always like in a like a woe is me kind of state is this the passage that that comes from that that these that like a, a mis- it's one of them it's a misinterpreted skewed I so. interpretation I could see that I discipline my body I could yeah I could see why people take this and start to go off off the wall with it yeah hmm well, it's, it's, it's more conditioning, though. Um, and this means it takes a lot of hard work. And remember, in the context of this passage, Paul isn't talking necessarily about um, getting over all of our little particular sins. In this passage, he's talking about relating to people outside the church. Hmm. That's what this passage is, right? That means it takes a lot of hard work to identify with people who are not like us. Hmm. And we shouldn't be afraid of that work or brush it off because we don't feel like doing it. Why? Because people are worth it. Uh, if Christ left heaven... No kidding. Right? 
we we can leave our pews. Yeah, I should hope so. Mm. We can go we can go talk to somebody at the coffee shop or have a beer with our neighbor. We should do that, mm. right? Absolutely. But it takes work. Uh, it's not just something we want to do naturally. Why? Because it's all about me. Well, I mean, you know, that that could even get a little skewed too. If you go out and say, "I'm, I'm gonna go live for the Lord, go grab a beer at the bar," use it as once you get there, you forget what you're there for. <laughs> you get use the Sports Channel on. Use, use evangelism <laughs> as an excuse to self-indulge. Right. Let's not do that. That'd be terrible. Um, that's just that's just the same blasphemy that getting stuck in your pew is, <laughs> you know. Mm. Oh man, and it happens on both sides. It really does. And then we condemn people for not being like us or agreeing with us. Right, it's, right. Now, is it when when you were talking, I was just looking at the the comparisons here between translations because man, it's just very intriguing to me, and and you just kind of let that. Look that up right now and made me want to look at it more. I see, I discipline my body, keep it under control. It's ESV. HCSB is instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control. Yeah. And NASB is make it my slave. NASB, make it, uh, yeah, make it my slave. Mm. So that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. All right. This is this is. Here's my problem with the New Living Translation. <laughs> well, the New Living Translation is a bad translation. I, just, I have all kind of problems with that one. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise. Training it to do what it should. <laughs> Good night, man. Uh, like this is uh, New King James. Bring it into subjection. Oh yes. There you go. Wait. Can't talk about subjection. We don't like subjection <laughs> or submission. Subjection and submission, both both bad words and bad words in the church today. Yep. Uh, no, we're evangelicals. Freedom for everybody. We're, we're free. Grace. Free grace. <laughs> free. Oh no. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Free I'm grace. I'm sure MacArthur right? didn't mean to accidentally you do whatever you want. Out of control. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Jesus loves me. I'm free. You know. Don't judge me. Let me heal you. God loves you. See you later. That's not a gospel presentation. (laughs) See you later. Well, man, I've been street preaching all day. It's like, bro, you haven't said the gospel one time in your life. Come on, Todd. (laughs) Oh, Todd. Your leg moving. That man, he would be such... He he excited me. When when it looked like he had come to a point of repentance in his life... I was so excited because that that man just seems like like some creepy huge like you know rock smashing dude that and just goes around loving on. people. Hey, hey, bro, yeah, give me a hug. Wanna, uh, he's such a nice guy. And when he when he seemed to like repent of all that that horrible like empty theology that he aligns with, like I was excited. Yeah. I think a lot of people were excited. Yeah, I, I think it was another one of those empty kind of. You know, false starts, whatever you call yeah. it. That was that's a bummer. It's unfortunate. Uh, what do you think, man? Anything else when it comes to this passage of scripture? I felt like we could have talked about this for days. Okay. <laughs> um, man, I think like we jumped from the beginning of it to the end of it, and then worked backwards a little bit. 
That's where Mecca. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, this is this is another area that I think you know. A, a couple minutes of conversation would be good because the idea of who's doing the work of salvation is confusing yeah. to some of us. So I have become all things. I'm, I'm reading this. Uh, verse 22b I have become all things to all people that by all means I might I might save some <laughs> Paul you heretic Jesus saved <laughs> only Jesus only saved Jesus did you saved. not get the memo <laughs> like what is he doing here he just he just messed up everyone's theology yeah he did yeah <laughs> So you got all the got all the Armenians on over here now going, yeah, get him, Paul, get him. <laughs> this is so great because you see how 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 Paul has made made the gospel work like his labor. I think Paul understand. Paul teaches that Christ alone saves. Salvation is in Christ alone. It's Paul who writes in Ephesians, by grace alone, through faith alone, not by any work of anyone. Right. Right. And then here in First Corinthians, it's the same Paul writing that I may by all means save some. Yeah. Okay. I think he understands this is the Lord's work. I think he sees himself as a very active participant and a laborer in the gospel. Mm. Uh, and I think that's where he's going with this. I don't think he's saying, I have the power to save someone. And the Lord is the author and perfecter of all faith, right? right? We know that Christ is the author and perfecter of all faith. But Paul here, it's, when it comes to evangelism and partaking in the gospel, this is our labor on this earth. This is what we labor to do. So it's not wrong to say, I'm going to try and get you there. Yeah. Yep. This like, is, I'm really working at this. Live and work and speak in a way that, that, that believes that God is using you as his vessel yeah. to save people. Like his work, his gospel, the spirit of God's the one that illuminates Revives the dead soul, the okay. life. But then it's also your work. It's not comes this, through your mouth. It's not this passive thing. Yeah. And and that means it actually it actually takes work on our part, work to understand the gospel and yeah. to try to communicate it well, and particularly to relate to people. Right. Um, that takes a lot of work on our part and time. It takes our time. Takes our energy. Takes our money. Uh, it takes our blood and sweat and tears and service to others. It takes work. Right. And Paul is feeling it. And I think this is this is that blacktop moment, too, for a lot of people, a lot of homes right now. Um, Paul writes just a couple of chapters before this about husbands and wife. He's talking about husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. He says this, the same type of language. Yeah. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband or husband, whether you will save your right. wife? So like this this painful relationship of being in a in an unequally yoked, we would say, or a, a saved mm-hmm. 
Christian, a Christian with a non-Christian. Yeah, I guess we have to like, clarify what we mean by unequally yoked. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just I think that like that this there are so many man like so many people I know that are in this painful situation, and this is this is the where it gets real. So it's like same language in First Corinthians nine, First Corinthians seven. Paul's like live live your life in a way. That, that your desire is, is to save these people. Yeah. Like, your husband, your wife, if, you, if they don't know Christ, like, this is, again, where I'm free, but I love you. Yeah. And, and I, I want to see you redeemed. I want to see you come So, so I'll be your life. slave, and that yeah. takes work. Man, uh, How, you can't do that in the feminist culture, my man. <laughs> Of course, if we're going to apply it, there's across, no submitting to men. If, if we're going to apply it across the board, it means that uh, it means that men, men are also submitting submit to their, to their wives, wives, right? That's right. Um, that, Which is also instructed that men own their wives' bodies and wives own their husbands' bodies. I think that's mm. written somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> right once or twice. Before. I think that's in First Corinthians. <laughs> Did R.C. Sproul say that? Oh God, bless you, R.C. Sproul. <laughs> I missed that guy. Yeah, uh, no. It takes it takes a tremendous amount of work. Yeah, um, to live in such a way as to everyone we meet and we are building relationships with that we want to save mm. them, and we won't save everyone, right? But by all means, save some. Mm. And that's what the text says. By right? so. all means, <laughs> no. Wrap your mind around that one. <laughs> All means. <laughs> yeah, that that would extend our our episode by at least another hour. <laughs> well, we've got twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, yet without sin, if mm. we can avoid it, mm. right? Anything else before we close out the episode, man? I think we I think we did some good coverage on that one. I think we did too, and hopefully I did well enough during the sermon to explain the text decently. Yeah, it's because uh, this is like this is one of the concepts that most burdens my heart. Mm. So I'll go into a church and I'll say, "Here's my burden: evangelism, missions, training up the saints to build relationships, and leading people to Christ." and, and I, I want a church plant. Like, I'll go in saying these things. And right at first, the church is all like, yeah, oh, this sounds amazing. We're going to do this. We are on board with this. And then about six months into it, everybody's like, no, we hate all that. And I'm like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? American then, Christian. And then, we, and then we suffer through the rest of our time there, you know? It's like, yeah. but, but I was so upfront about it. You seem passionate about it, too. This is where our passion needs to be. Yeah. And as I mentioned in in the sermon, I think like if we are really in Christ, this will be our passion. Right. That's that's a huge qualification. And if we test are, yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> test yeah. yourselves. And, and even Paul here, he's testing himself so yeah. that I will not be disqualified. Right. Like if this is not our passion, identifying with sinners for the sake of the gospel, if that's not our passion, we've disqualified ourselves from eternal life. Right. 
oh, listen mm. to that. Believer, if you're listening to this, you're not passionate about the gospel and identifying with sinners. I hope you, know, I hope you actually know Christ. And here's the response to that. Don't try to conjure up some interest in the Bible. Don't, don't try to force yourself to, no, to just, sing louder just, on Sunday. Just and pray like, and say, Lord, have mercy on, on your me. knees. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is, again, what do you do with that? If you, if you test yourself and, and you don't seem to pass the test, get on your knees. Christ is the only one who can get yeah. you there. <laughs> if you can't he, do it If yourself. he doesn't do the work, that, you're, you're gone. If he, doesn't work, if he doesn't work in you, you can't work for him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ooh. Now, now, <laughs> to not leave anyone who might be burdened with it. Oh crap! So I'm I'm unraveled and oh, sad and thinking oh crap! I'm, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. <laughs> Let's. I, I won't leave you there with that thought. Like, There's forgiveness. If you have that burden, if you have mm-hmm. that piercing and that sadness, that's probably the Lord working in your life. Yeah. I say probably. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who the Lord's so saving. Here's, so here's our but, invitation. Repent. That's right. Believe the gospel. Simple as that. Christ will do the rest. That's He'll change right. your heart. He'll, oh, we've come full circle. He'll write his law in your heart. <laughs> How about that? Amen. 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 That's a good place to stop. We've come full circle. Full All circle. right. Let's, uh, this has been Blacktop Pulpit by Douglas Reformed Church. We hope to see you this coming Sunday. Feel free to like the Facebook page. Check out the website. And join Faith, Faith Life Community. Is that something people can just join? Yeah, uh, they yeah. can follow it. Yeah, follow it. Yeah, it's follow. Private for members, so you could follow. Yeah, so follow, stuff. follow the uh, Faith Life group community there, and uh, we'll see you Sunday. All right, that's it. All right.